Hello, my name is Dan Klein, and this is the first of what we hope to be many, insert name here, podcast. Um, I think we're going to go with Sent to the Office, but we'll get to that here in a moment. Uh, One of my best friends in the world, I've been trying to get him to do a podcast for a long time, and I finally talked him into it. So, without further ado... This is Joel Schutte sitting with me, and we're going to talk about a few things. Joel, I'm excited. Dan, I'm excited too, man. This is uh, this going to be fun. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Don't know when you're listening to this, so um, about 9 o'clock at night out here in Dan's backyard, so you could probably hear some some skeeters, and no, they, they don't make noise. You're, you're hearing some bugs maybe in the background. I don't even know what they are. Did you say you can hear... No, I'm saying they can Skeeters. hear. Skeeters. Skeeters. So, I'm saying they can hear. Yeah, I can't yeah. hear anything. I, so. So, so you were implying, though, that yeah. people can hear mosquitoes. I, that yeah. sound out there. Wow. I'm not a bug expert here, Dan. <laughs> but there's some sounds out there. I know that there are. Yes, there are, Joel. Okay. We are out here in the woods. Okay. But, uh, this podcast, I think, is going to be successful, and I'll tell you why. Okay. And by successful, I think maybe a couple of people will listen to it. That's fine with me. Um, I think there's a thirst out there for what you bring to the table, which is someone who is going through things that uh, a lot of people can identify with, they can relate to, and you're not afraid to make fun of yourself, and it is fun to make fun of you. I know. So. I know. It's Okay. Yeah. Um, that's so this so this podcast, um, as Dan alluded to, I kind of thought the the title "Sent to the Office" might be okay, mm-hmm. uh, and there are a couple reasons for that. You know, obviously I uh, was a school administrator for I don't know twelve years or so, There's and no, so obviously this is a lot of people maybe listening. Maybe to this for the, the first, first time. time. Okay, so yeah, I was a school administrator for about twelve years, so students would be you know sent to the office to see me. Um, but also when I was young, you know, a, a young teenager, an angry young man, I was sent to the office many, many times, sometimes even more than once a day. So I kind of thought the sent to the office thing had a decent ring to it, but I think you have other plans. Well, we'll get to that. I was thinking Tremendous Fat Ass, the adventures of Tremendous Fat Ass. But <laughs> I can't even hear that without laughing. That just cracks me up. Um, well, but I, I do we... like sent to the office. Okay. You know, um, you were an administrator, not just at the high school, not just any high school. It was uh, the great majority of it at our alternative uh, school called the Harbor. And I just think it's a good, you know, full circle, good story. You know, you are uh, that thing which keeps us going as teachers, you know. You're the walking success story from what, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So you had a very, you know, at risk on, you know. Yeah. And uh, you eventually were a principal of many students who you had a lot in common with. Right, right. And I just think that's an inspiring story that people need to hear. Well, we'll see, right? We'll see if they need to hear it. Or we'll the adventures of tremendous fat. Yeah, okay, now, here, here's the way I look at it. Okay, sent to the office. We're going to talk about a variety of things, right? Yes, so, yes. Um, some of them might be serious. Some of them might be uh, 
reflections on my past, my childhood, maybe my professional career. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be topics that are going on today. Um, but then there's also going to be a lot of lighthearted stuff, I hope, that's funny because... Yeah. Uh, and so maybe that's where the adventures of Tremendous Fat Ass come in. And, that, you know, I should probably explain how <laughs> that even started. That's a nice started. little segue into what I'm talking about. Okay. That this thing that people know that... Uh, a lot of people struggle with, you know, your insecurities and this and that. And when you can get a laugh out of it with people that have that in common with you, right. it's powerful. Right. Now, that is our segue into the adventures of Tremendous okay. Fat Ass. Okay, I've been dying to, yeah. So, first of all, yep. why, you have to explain why you were not able to make the basketball team in ninth <laughs> grade. Okay. And it was not because you weren't good at basketball. No, no. Yeah, I, well, and maybe some of my friends in ninth grade would say different. But I, I in ninth grade, I did try out for basketball at the high school. Um, and, uh, you know, we, it was like a two- or three-night tryout. And uh, at the end of the tryout, our head coach, um, and I'm not even sure if he's still around or not. His name was Dave Bennett. Uh, and uh, he sat me down and said, you know, hey, uh, shooty. And he had to look at the piece of paper to find out what my name was. Hey, Shooty, um, you know, hey, I got to tell you that you didn't have a bad tryout. Um, you know, you played good defense and you rebound well and, uh, you know, you just had some putbacks and scored some points. But I got to tell you here, Shooty, you're way too fat to play basketball. Too fat. Too fat. <laughs> said those words. He said it. The, the words that would get a teacher or a coach fired today. Yeah. He said. He and laid I, it down for you. And, and I have to believe that my response was just a solemn nod. Oh, yeah. You know, just yeah. an acknowledge, you know, because in ninth grade, I was do? six foot and 240 pounds. And you were too fat. I was too fat. I was six. There's not no, many. No, you weren't too fat, but you know what I Too fat for basketball. I, he, he <laughs> wasn't. he say he did have a yes. jersey for you? Yes. That's he, great. Not only that, yeah. So. If you look at a ninth grade basketball team, you're not going to see too many six foot, 240 pound players. And I just didn't have a good sense of reality when I was 14. Hey, I really you know thought what? I had a shot. There's some fat NBA players, fatish, and they're pretty damn good. Yeah, but not like that. So, so then, yeah, but it's so, later in life. No, no, know. no. Before that, I should mention that he did say, you know, he did add to make it. I don't know if he's trying to comfort the blow, but you know what, shooting? I don't even have a uniform for you. <laughs> He didn't have a uniform big enough for me, so even if I, Did if he wanted your, me on the your team, your belly would be squirting out of it or something, which would Did be fine say? with me. I mean, that was the time of half T-shirts anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that you know, walk around with it hanging out. Yeah, when he had to look at the paper because he didn't remember your name, right. Right. he had a nickname right. for it in his head. He yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So the tremendous fat ass came about because. Uh, uh, 10, 12 years ago, I was in a fantasy football league online on ESPN.com. Well, I shouldn't have said their name. Now we have to – are we promoting ESPN? We're not promoting ESPN, but yeah. anyway. And um, I, I I selected my team name as Tremendous Fat Ass because I think that's funny. It's funny yes. to me. Okay, so uh, every year now, since that time, 10, 12 years ago, I get an email from ESPN.com that says, Greetings, Tremendous Fat Ass. <laughs> And it's, you know, an introduction to fantasy football, which I'm not in that league anymore. But every year it just takes me by surprise. And I've it's like seen it's the, the first emails. Time it I've seen the emails and it always makes me laugh. And then uh, it was just recently, though, when you were telling me about not making 
the team in ninth grade, the basketball right, team, right. and we were talking about the podcast, yep. and I said, there's the title. That's right. The Adventures of Tremendous Fat Ass. And maybe that could be, uh, if it's not the title of our podcast, maybe that could be the title of episode one. Adventures yeah. of Tremendous Fantasy. Okay. But we'll see. Yeah. Or maybe we, you know, after a while we put it up to a vote if we have seven listeners who give yes. a shit. Yes. Uh, you know, we can have them vote. But, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes, man. But, uh that's, that's how Tremendous Fat Ass got his start. Yeah, and I do want to do that, though. Like, each uh, time we have an episode, we're going to have some weird question. Today's is, okay. you've got 30 seconds where your dog can understand English, <laughs> and you can talk to them. And you can talk, you can say he'll what you want, he'll yeah. understand. Yep. Um, what is it that you would say? Now, what I want to do is, we're going to share ours, and then people can get on Facebook on our whatever right. our podcast deal and put on there what they would say right. to their dog. This is important. I don't know. See, I put a lot of thought into this. I don't have my 30 seconds prepared right now, right. but I've, I have many rough drafts. Yeah, because, so let's just throw some bullet points. Well, the, well, the thing that they need to understand, though, is that if you have 30 seconds to talk to your dog and they can understand you, and then when that 30 seconds is up, it's, it's back to normal. Yeah. What would you say? Because I know, you know, we have two dogs at home. You have two dogs. Uh, they do some frustrating things. And yep. you, if you had the opportunity, I think you'd want to jam as many words as you could in that 30 seconds. You'd have to edit it. You'd have to, you know, write rough drafts, strike I think you're this. you're kind of overthinking No, this, that's what you have to do. Here's the thing. You know, I got some main things, right? I'm going right. to start it and end it with I love you. See, that's I a do. waste of time. No. That's the way that you scratch but in between, head. that took like two seconds. I got a, a couple two of seconds. Things. Number like... one, why do you want to roll in horse shit? <laughs> you know? What do you like? I mean, I don't But they can't answer it. you. Okay, well, guess what? When you come back and you have horse shit all over you yeah. and I call you a stupid ass, <laughs> dumbass dog. Right. You'll, uh. So you'll Maybe get it. you would understand why. Right. I'll right. you know, put two and two together. Right. So. So they and they're both rolling in. No, I'm just talking about. I don't even. Just Molly. If I had 30 seconds, can I use Joy's 30 seconds for Molly, my lab? Because I want the full minute with the lab. <laughs> yes. You know, oh really? You don't have anything to say to I Joy? I got nothing. Okay. What am I gonna say? All right. Stop staring at me all the time. Right. That that mm. gets a little weird. Right. It does. It does. So anyway, that could be a possibility for some audience participation to yeah. see what you would say. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that uh, uh, there's really nothing I'd say to Paco because he's he's a good boy. He wouldn't understand you. Well, right, and he speaks Spanish only, so I'd have to figure that out. Paco is a trouble. puppy we brought back from Mexico. Yeah, pa- Paco is a non-native English uh, speaker. Airplane. He's a dreamer. Um, came over here and... You know, with the, the current political climate, he's a little concerned. He stays inside the house. He doesn't want uh, ICE to show up and ask for his credentials, which he doesn't have. So, but I think my 30 seconds would be dedicated to Murph, man, because she's, uh, she's a rascal. Huh. She does a lot of dumb stuff. You think stuff. Paco is scared of ICE? One day I was over there, he looked over at me, and he asked me if I'd ever had my shit pushed in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh goodness gracious! Oh, yeah. Boy. So we are bringing uh, Paco back. Okay, we're in Cozumel, or is it Cozumel? I, I think know. it's Cozumel. Okay, with our wives, 
We're this took, is uh, seven and a half years ago, by the way. Yes, took yep. the ferry over to uh, the mainland. Uh, to, Tulum. Yeah. From Tulum. Bringing the ferry back, we're in line, look over, see this puppy. And, you know, what are you going to do? you got to go pet the puppy. And Joel tried, didn't you try to talk to the we guy? We both did, yeah, because he was like, the, the puppy English. was over the shoulder of this guy. And Martis, you know, saw him first, and we went up, and the guy, you know, no obvious. So, you know, we did what we could. We pet him. Um, Fast forward. Next day. Next we're day. at the airport. In Cozumel. Keep in mind, we were in Tulum where we saw the dog. Yes. The puppy. So here we are. I don't know what that, I mean, I don't even know what Tulum means. Tulum is where the ruins. Somewhere we, else. Somewhere else. The next else. day, we're back in Cozumel at the airport. Look over. Joel says, I swear that's the same puppy. And Joel's a dog guy. Like, you know, he, he doesn't throw that around all willy-nilly. He knows a lot about dogs. I'll give you that. I think I know a lot about dogs. So go over. Sure enough, same dog. Same dog. In a kennel. Uh, and then with, we learn what's going on with the dog. That's right. From uh, the the ARL, they haven't put the essentially the ARL in Cozumel was flying this puppy to Denver, Colorado, where it was going to be fostered out. And apparently they have a relationship with, you know, a couple of vets and a couple of uh, ARL uh, type places in the United States. So the whole point, you know, this dog was going to be flying with a person who was going to drop him off at this place in Denver, so he might be adopted. So. When Marna heard that, yep, and she, I saw the look in her eye, the that same, the only other time in her life, in my life, I've ever seen that look is the day she met me. Hmm. She had to have that dog, man. Yep. And so the next thing I know, Marna is talking to these people, saying, "Well, can we take him back with us to Iowa?" And you know, at that point, Dan, I'm looking for a 30 second timeout. Yeah. Because you know, we already have a dog. Yep. Um, I was encouraging you know, it. Yeah. Well, I the, knew if you get a puppy, it's basically like me getting a puppy. It's like Dan getting a puppy. I don't have to do the work. That's so right. I was That's egging right. Marna on. So I basically told Marna, I'm like, you know what, honey? Uh, there is no way they're going to let us take this dog back into Iowa. I really didn't think it would happen either. Nope. And so while I'm saying that, uh, five minutes later, they hand Marna the, the puppy carrier, the paperwork, and said, congratulations, you have a puppy. Out the door we went. Out the door. And, you know, and at that point, man, I am not confident we're going to get through the Atlanta airport. Because uh, we had to connect through Atlanta. Yeah. And at one point, we're going through customs back into the States. Um, didn't you run? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Okay, so when you bring a live animal back from another country, especially a country like Mexico where there's you know, some history of drug smuggling, you know, they they check the animals, they make sure that they're not carrying disease, they're also checking for, um, I don't know what, maybe it doesn't have anything to do with drug smuggling, but I kind of thought they did at the time, and so we get to this line, and I put the, the dog carrier on the conveyor belt and sent him through the x-ray machine, um, and the next thing I know, I hear this uh, woman's voice saying, Oh, my Lord, what fool put this dog through the x-ray machine? And I put point of my finger directly <laughs> at Joel. And I, that fool, man, that was me. <laughs> and I'm just trying to picture her, this lady, on her eight-hour shift, watching these bags go through with toothbrushes and whatever else you might pack. And all of a sudden, she sees this tiny little dog skeleton roll through. <laughs> with the little dog skeleton tail wagon. <laughs> yes. She's all excited. <clears throat> so after that ordeal, um, 
we brought him home, man, and we've had him, you know, ever since. You know, yeah. So hey, he's a good dog. And they, you know, Paco, he's lucky to be alive. I, you know, a couple of his uh, siblings didn't make it. They, That's right. They'd been. That's right. They were found at some construction yep. site. Yep. So you know, Paco's been in the shit, and I'm just saying. He survived. He's a know, tough hombre. You know, take him alive. Well, and it's funny that you know, <laughs> now that you mentioned that, you know, in the past when you have talked to me about doing this podcast. Uh, and there have been other people that have kind of encouraged me to tell my story. It's when I've given a presentation at, at educational conferences with Paco in my presentation. So, and I kind of used him in that, you know, uh, the you know during the presentation as an example of um, resilience yeah. and uh, that kind of thing. Because you know, man, he and he should have died. You know, opportunity. And, you yeah, know. his siblings passed away, and um, I always joke with the kids that he ate his siblings to stay alive. Oh, because um, he's so fat. Because he is really, he's, he's, yeah, he's carried a lot of How about the adventures of tremendous fat ass? <laughs> <laughs> his tremendous fat ass dog. <laughs> his, his sidekick. Yes, Paco looks, uh, he almost doesn't look like a dog. I don't even know how his little legs support him. I don't know either. Quinn's friend, uh, Katie, I think. Uh, said that Paco looks like a fat tater tot with legs. Yes, and there's that's really a no example. other description that is better than that. So, but we love him. We do. He's an awesome we dog. We love Paco too. Yep. What? Yeah. Right. <laughs> See so, what I mean? Yeah. There we go. All right. So, I don't know how you want to do your story part because the first time I heard it was on like a drive back from texas when we had 12 hours and like oh kind of like the drive we just did yeah yeah um i think do you want to piece some of it out like to me the high the the basics of it how many schools yeah yeah you at before you ended up well i know when i would speak at these conferences um you know the thing that i would talk to these fellow educators he's just you know usually alternative educators um, it was mainly a motivational thing. I wasn't giving them any, <laughs> uh, you know, any strategies that they could write down and use in their classrooms. This was, you know, purely motivational stuff. But I just talk about how, uh, you know, I went to 14 schools before junior high, man. I switched schools 14 times, you know, and, um, and you know, and just, you know, not having anything, being poor and, okay, so you know, that kind of thing. Okay, so just pause for a moment. Okay. If someone is listening, the one person that's listening to that. Okay. Think about that. 14 different schools by the time you were in junior high. I can't fathom that. Right, You know? right. For a lot of people, I think if they reflect on it, they really have this sense of identity with their, yeah. that one main elementary yeah. school or whatever. Right. Right. Or, or maybe some people have done four or five. Yeah. I can't imagine right. that. I did four in fourth grade. So I did never four different schools. really developing any kind no, of connection no, no, with, no, no, you couldn't. Because we knew, I knew that I'd be moving. So here's the, you know, when you think about, okay, this is the 1970s, 1980s. Um, before they had electronic student records. And so I was often moving so frequently that my school records would be two schools behind in a different state. Mm-hmm. You know, I would move to a, a place and my mom would show up there and she'd sign a couple forms. And, um, you know, of course, we didn't have a phone my entire childhood. So, you know, my mom would leave the office and just say, OK, Mr. or Mrs. whoever your name is, um, Joel, little Joel is yours. And uh, I don't, you know, you don't know if he's smart or dumb or, um, you know, it needs help or doesn't need help or, 
Uh, if he's got dietary needs or health issues, you really don't know anything. And that's the state of education then. Now, you know, obviously now, as soon as a kid enrolls, yeah. we look on the computer and we can see that. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that's the part that after I moved a few times and, and changed schools a few times, after a while, I just, you know, I would literally ask the teacher if I could put my desk away from everybody else. I didn't want to talk to anybody because I knew what's the point. Yeah. I was going to move, you know. And so, uh, you know, I went uh, a lot of years as an elementary student and not saying many words to anybody, you know, kind of lost in my own world. So it was, uh, I, was <laughs> uh, I had some socialization issues probably mm-hmm. growing up and, uh, you know, that you had to, to overcome. So, um, but, you know, I was thinking of, that kind of reminded me, I don't know if I, I think I told you this story, but one of the times, one of the first times I moved, was when I was in first grade. And it was uh, after the start of the school year. It was probably October, November. So I came from Iowa. Is this when you pooped your pants? I did. Wait a minute. alerts. You had your first shart. Or no, no, no. It was, no, just, no, it was, it was full just, on. It was full yeah, on. There was, was no, like, it was, <laughs> there was no shart about it. So here I am in first grade, okay, and my mom signs me up. And it's in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. And I'm in first grade, and I just turned seven. And... They take me to the classroom, and I'm sitting in my desk, and I don't know how long I'm there, but I realize suddenly I have to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's uh, it's urgent. Yeah. It's an emergency. Um, and I also remember that I don't know my teacher's name. Nope. Because I just met her that day. So I'm watching her at the chalkboard, and she's instructing us on something, and I am trying to struggle with, do I just raise my hand? Do I walk out the door? I don't, you know, what do I do? Uh, and before I knew it, uh, I had pooped my pants, Dan. Mm. I pooped mm-hmm. my pants and full on filled them right up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I have a big problem, a yeah. bigger problem than I had before. Yep. Uh, so at that point. Same problem. It's in a different place. Different, different, <laughs> right. Different sense of urgency too. Because so what I did is I waited for the teacher to turn her back at the chalkboard. And then I just strolled right out the door of the classroom uh, went to the bathroom, you know, seven-year-old Joel tried to clean himself up the best he could. Yeah. And then I just walked out the front door and walked home. It was probably 10 in the morning. Okay. How, did you even know how to get home? No, I didn't because we'd only been in the house for, I don't know, a few days. And I was seven. You know, we, we drove to the school, I think. I don't even remember. But so I wandered around trying to find a house that I barely even knew what it looked like. For what it seemed like hours. It could have been minutes. I don't know. I was seven. But mm-hmm. it seemed like a long time. Okay. Now, I finally found our house because I recognized the car. We had a 66 Mustang that was nine different colors. Mm. It was really hard to, you know, not see that car. Walked in. And I think my mom said something. Well, hey, bud, what are you doing here so early? And I, oh, we just got out of school earlier. I don't know what I said. <laughs> but she seemed to accept it. And I, you know, took a shower Went back to school the next day, and nothing happened. Wow. Nothing. Okay. No, where'd you go? No, where'd you go? What, uh, you know, we missed you. It was, I sat down at my desk, and nobody said a thing. And, you know, and I'm trying to, now trying to picture that happening in, in today's world. Mm-hmm. Everybody would get an Amber Alert. Yeah. But they couldn't call home. We didn't have a phone. No. And, you know, they... Look at it, you know, now that I've been a school uh, person for so long, it seems like it'd be a, a smart idea to send somebody to the address on the enrollment form. Yeah. 
but nothing, nothing. So, and I'm not, I'm just saying that because now I think it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, that was my first, uh, my first, you know, attempt at being, uh, you know, a problem solver, I guess. But, well, uh, and it, it shows some insight to what I'm, what I'm talking about, you know, that, that level of at-riskness, it's uh, something that I think people forget, you know, we take so much for granted, but there's a lot of kids out there now right. that have moved school several right. times right. and uh, haven't made those connections along the way. Right. So, right. That's why I think not just teachers, just people in general. Right. You know. Right. And I had a lot of good uh, teachers and people that did connect with me when I was growing up. But you know, overall, it was, um, you know, it was it was kind of a a struggle knowing that when I would move, and you know, when we would move, man, you know, I some days I would go to school and it'd be a normal day, mm-hmm. and I'd get home from school and there'd be boxes all over our house, and. You know, my mom would give me a box and say, pack your room, bud, we're leaving. And there'd be a U-Haul in the driveway and, you know, started the day not knowing I was going to move. Uh-huh. End of the day, we're moving tonight. And I remember you saying one time you came home and your your jacket was back at school. And Yeah, I left. Yeah, the, I, you know, at least one time uh, in that situation, you know, I left my books at school, my pencils, uh, you know, if I had uh, a jacket, a lunchbox, you know, all this stuff. And I'm just trying to picture, you know, Dan, you're a teacher. You know, mm-hmm. there's teachers out there maybe listening to this. Try to imagine, you know, you have a kid in your classroom, and then the next day he's not there, and the next day, and the next day. And no call because there's no phone. Um, his jacket's here. He's got to be coming back, right? Wow. You know? So I'm just trying to, you know, I'd like to, I wonder what went through their minds, I, you know, um, after a week or two weeks of not returning. Maybe they visited the house and figured out we weren't there. But um, it's a different world now, man. I mean, that that's not even possible anymore. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, and I'm not complaining, man. I mean, it may be who I am. So, mm. you know, everybody goes through some challenges. But there's a lot of stories around those moves that I'll, I'll get to. Okay. So that gives us some insight on where you came from. Now, along the way, where, where was a notable... Uh, you know, shift in your direction in life. Um, oh, like as far as oh yeah, I, um, seventh grade man when my mom and and uh, stepdad got divorced. That was a big that was a big deal, and that stuff you know obviously. And kids, that was positive. What's that? Positive. Uh, well, it turned out to be that way, but it didn't feel that way at the oh, time. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and that stuff kids go through every day, you know. So I wasn't special in that regard, but. Um, it sure made me angry. Yeah. You know? I'm looking for the positive shift. Positive shift? <laughs> oh, see, I don't hear too good, Danny. If you said positive, I didn't hear it. <laughs> we, we already got him kind of on the depressed side. Yeah, now we're yeah. Gonna come oh, back so we got to jump yeah, back. Yeah, something good okay. that started. Because now you're, you're, you know, you're a good guy. Yeah, well, I think the positive, I mean, there was uh, in high school, um, I remember sitting in a class my 10th grade year, uh, probably February, and uh, I got a pass to come to the auditorium, and I went, um, and I sat through a presentation on the Upward Bound program, and that was probably, uh, not probably, that was the most pivotal moment of my childhood um, as far as taking me in a different direction, and 
Um, you know, and I think back on that, uh, having started my career as a guidance counselor, um, that pass was sent to me by a, a counselor at Lincoln High School named Lori Streffler. And maybe there are people listening to this from Lincoln that would remember her. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dan, she wasn't my guidance counselor. She was somebody else's, but she looked at test scores or I don't know what she did, but mm-hmm. she decided, you know, let's set a pass to these 25 kids, me included, mm-hmm. and let's let them listen to a presentation on Upward Bound. Why and, don't you talk about Upward Bound? Oh, yeah, Upward so. Bound. Okay, Upward Bound is a, uh, is a TRIO program. It's a federally funded program. That started in the 60s, and my Upward Bound diehard folks are probably, you know, laughing that I don't remember the, the year because they talk about it. But um, it is designed to help first-generation low-income students. First-generation meaning their parents did not go to college. It's designed to help them uh, go to college and kind of figure out what college is all about. Because the odds are, as you know, if your parents didn't go to college you're probably not going to go to college either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so TRIO and Upward Bound is, uh, uh, the goal is to break that cycle, you know, and, and help students feel like they have opportunities that they don't have. And so I sat through that presentation, and uh, I got to tell you, the only reason I applied uh, was there was a, a guy who was a year older than me in the auditorium at the same time, and he was a football player and I was a football player, but I looked up to him. His name was Pat Doffenbaugh. Great guy. I've talked to him a long time. Ended up going to the same college as he, you know, I, we both went to Central College. But he was there, and he had gone the summer before. And I thought, well, if Pat's going, I'm going. Mm-hmm. So I applied, and uh, that started that June. As soon as school got out, I hopped on a bus out in front of Lincoln High School, took us to Pella uh, for a six-week uh, stay in their dormitories. And uh, when I got back, man, I was a different person. That's amazing. It, it, it totally... Um, it totally kind of opened a door that I didn't know. Because before that, man, the only thing I knew about college was I had this nebulous idea that maybe I'd play college football. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to get into school. I didn't know what that was about. You know, all I knew about college was you had to go there to play college football. That was all I knew. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, I didn't play college football anyway. So, but, uh, yeah, so Upward Bound, man, I spent three summers there. Um, there were people, and I'll talk more about Upward Bound down the road, but, um it changed my view. It told me that I didn't have to, you know, uh, follow in the, the same path as everybody else around me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not knocking. I mean, you know, I grew up my last, you know, five years of, you know, school, at, you know, at, on the south side. Mm-hmm. Um, and the south side's a great place. Right. And a, a lot of people, you know, generationally live there. But um, sometimes they live there because they don't like anywhere because they don't know they can go anywhere else. Right. And I, that showed me that I could stay there or I could go wherever I wanted to go. Right. So that was uh, that was the best moment, man. That's that was awesome. it right there. Well, I know there's a lot more of them to talk about in the future. Right. And uh, But that football was a good segue there. Football's been a big part of your life. Yep, yep. And still is. Yep. Today was your youngest son's yep. first uh, football practice of yes. the season, right? How'd yes. it go? Yeah, uh, Beck is a, is a ninth grader this fall, and he's my youngest of four. And he, you know, he's been going to camp all summer mm-hmm. and uh, lifted weights with the team. And uh, but today was his first official high school football practice, and it means a lot to me, you know, because um, it's a big deal. It is a big deal, you know. Football and upward bound were the things that kept me in school. Right. Um, if I couldn't have played football, um, then I don't know if I'd have stayed in school. I don't know. It's hard well, to say. Well, that's why, real quick, 
That's why this no pass, no play bullshit is dumb. Dumb! Like, you were lucky that you were smart and, you know, you could pass your classes. Right, with but I didn't. In ninth grade, I failed every, every class but one. Oh, so... So, by today's standards, there's no way I'd and be And that would have never happened because right. the only reason you went was a connection you had right. with uh, one of the other football players. Right, right. You take away... Right. It's just... I right. Don't know. And, you know, and, and football dumb. was one I way... I think there's times when, you know, on an individual basis where the parent, the... The teacher and everybody's on board together. It's truly just an effort issue, and they sure. think it can get them over the hump. But I don't like this peanut butter spread. No, you know, if you don't pass and you don't get the play, right, or whatever. right, right. It's a connection with school. Right, right. It's dumb. Like, like we do an alternative ed, man. I mean, uh, being fair doesn't mean everybody gets the same thing. No. Being fair means you get what you need. Yeah. And uh, some kids that fail a class maybe shouldn't be eligible. Anybody that wants to talk fair, we can get out the paper and pencil yeah. and go through what kind of situation they were born into and, uh, you know, how many schools did you go to right, right. before you got to junior high? Right. My boy here's got 14. Right. So. Yeah, did your parents graduate from college? Did your parents, you know, uh, did they have uh, a good income? Were they together? You know, it's just... So, yeah, football was a big thing, man. So uh, it was a big day today for me uh, because I got to tell you, my older son, Cade, just graduated high school in the spring, mm-hmm. and he completed four years of high school football. And I can't even tell you how much joy that brought me yeah. to see him go through that journey because, um, you know, especially his senior year because he, you know, uh, the first, you know, here he is, this, you know, big kid, big, strong kid, worked really hard. Um, but the football team had a lot of talented offensive linemen. Yeah. So, you know, Kate, I just, he didn't play that first game at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget, man, when he came home, I've never seen him more sad. Yeah. He looked devastated. And I got to tell you, Martin and I were sad all night long. Oh, you thinking, it. is this going to be his senior year? Is he not going to play? Sad, you're sad. Yeah, after all that work he put in, all that effort. And, you know, Kate's a pretty upbeat kid, I think he yeah, would agree. absolutely. And to see him just devastated was mm. hard. But, you know, by game... Uh, three, you know, and it's funny about that is that, uh, you know, uh, Marna, uh, my wife, uh, was invited to go to San Francisco with her sister. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she's like, I don't know if I should go. I'll miss one of Cade's games. And I'm mm-hmm. like, baby, he hasn't even played yet. Yeah. You know, and this is game three. So Marna went there. to San Francisco. I know what you're going to say. And I'm standing on the sidelines with, you know, my former uh, colleagues and things and uh, with a friend of mine named Kyle who works there. And Kyle pokes me, man, you know, right before the, right when the game started, he goes, Joel, look. And I look, and there's my son trotting out on the field, starting with the first offensive line group. Yeah. And he started the rest of the regular season. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because um, he worked so hard, man, and football was such a big thing. And he left that, you know, and then they went to the Dome, and they went to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, started 0-5, won the last four games, squeaked into the playoffs, won two playoff games. Um and you know what? Uh, Kate will never forget that. Right. That was such a positive experience for him. And right. it could have went the other way. It could have went, you know, if he would have got in the game. And and think about this. You ask people today, you know, what were some takeaways from high, your high school experience that you use today? Right. I don't think there's too many people going, well, thank goodness I had that that English teacher, Dan, who taught me the difference between a simile and a metaphor. Dan, what is the difference between a simile uh, and a metaphor? Who cares? <laughs> One of them uses like or as. But anyway. Uh, 
walked right you into know, that one, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that 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 sense of accomplishment yeah. that he got from yeah. it. Nobody's uh, gonna nobody's gonna remember. Yeah, my fourth grade teacher taught me excellent handwriting. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about that. It's what you did in uh, football or track or band or drama. Or, you know, the things that you did outside of school that kept you interested in school. Yeah. And so, you know, Cade has this wonderful positive experience that could have went the other way. And um, and so now he's done. And he says now he's retired. He's, he's retired from football, football you know. <laughs> and now, you know, here's my other son starting today. How'd it go, by the way? Great. We kind of got off on a tangent. No, no, it went great. You know, he's... Uh, That's the key. He's... he's uh, uh, has some, you know, success in the past playing, and he enjoys it. Yeah. And I'm just really looking forward to hopefully four more years of, of joy watching him grow. And yeah. I mean, I sound kind of dumb when I say that, but I, I mean it. Dude, there's a lot of times you sound dumb, honestly. So, so but I don't that, have to. That's not. I don't have to point it out. No, I'll okay. point it out, but that actually wasn't one. Of that wasn't dumb. No. Okay. So yeah, today was his first day, and they played their first game in a couple of weeks, and. Uh, like just, earlier when you said no one cares about handwriting, yeah. some people do. That was kind of dumb. But some people do. No, my friend look, Brian. Uh, <laughs> my friend Brian has the most beautiful pen machine. I had a teacher one time hold my paper up to show the class how long one of my words, oh. my cursive words, were. You know, to point out just how she, she wanted to make sure everybody knew how shitty. My right. handwriting was. Right. She cared about handwriting, right. Joel. Right. That was back in the day when you could, like, publicly embarrass a kid in the classroom. She had to be able to pull the pencil out of your hand um, when you're writing, like, if she snuck up behind you. Oh. Otherwise, you're Because if you're gripping too it tight. too tight? Yeah. 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 You don't want to grip it too tight, Dan. Yep. Your pencil. <laughs> nope. Jean Grand Crayon. We'll tell that story next time. We'll still tell that Jean one next time. Jean Grand Crayon. Right. Look right. it up. All That's right. French, by the way. I got a couple girls that are wanting to come out here and have me light my fire pit out here. Okay. So, um, I'm excited. I think it's good. Um, I don't think uh, we'll have, you know, too many millions of people listening to it. But uh, okay. I think I'm going to sign us off. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, no, I think it's a good start. And uh, hopefully we can make these weekly. And uh, if you... If you hear this, we're going to host it on YouTube to start with um, and then put it on Facebook. And if you like it, uh, if you're listening, uh, send it on to people and see if they like it. Yeah. And And if if you you don't, then just say, you know, uh, you can either just stop listening or you can go yourself. Yes, you can. (laughs) All right. You can do. Hey, folks, have a good night. Go yourself.